Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today I am talking to Jay Schiff. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Adenex, and they are tackling a massive problem that we'll hear a little bit more about here in a second. But first, I want to welcome you to the show, Jay. Thank you. I appreciate it, Lance. So, Jay, tell us um, right off the top here, what do you think in your experience as an entrepreneur are three things that every entrepreneur really needs to understand or know when they go into, you know, business, I guess, for themselves? Well, I think if what you sort of hear a little bit about more about our background, my partner and I, it's really the two sides of the business that we have. And I think that's important for everyone to be able to do so. I have an MBA. I come from the business and finance world, Wall Street. And so understanding uh, financial and operational side uh, so that you, you know, you can actually manage the business outside of the product, um, all the things yeah. that come with it, legal, financial and so forth. And then the other side is the technical side. So having somebody who really understands technology and even whether you're doing it in-house or out uh, externally, someone who can really you know, work that that end. And so um, I think that's really important to have those two sides of the business. Yeah. Talk about being fortunate to find a partner that offsets, you know, the 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 strengths that you have right or complement some i mean and and fill some of the gaps there and then when you have a business and, and like you said we will get into that in a minute uh that is like yours where you need such a strong technical understanding but then obviously you need to have somebody who really understands business um you guys have really created the perfect marriage here so that's great um number two what would be the other thing that is really important in your mind um, so I'd say you have to be flexible. Um, you know, you start with one idea and, you know, you hit a wall and you can easily give up on that point. And so you have to kind of do a little bit more research, talk with other people, brainstorm other ideas and um, and, and adapt. And that that is from day one to, you know, year seven, whenever it might be. There's always things that change around and you have to be flexible and, uh, you know, let the market, let the product speak to you about what, you know, what makes most sense versus what your initial idea was. And sometimes those become even better, you know, oftentimes it's, it's even better yeah. than what you even thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know hardly any businesses that have ever uh, been able to say that, you know, after a few years in business that they're offering the same service or product that they did when they first started. The, the companies always evolve, right? And if you're not doing that, you're not listening to the marketplace and you're at risk, I think. No. Okay, number three. Um, so the third thing might be, um, you know, I, I guess it's it's more related to us and maybe a certain subset of people. So we did, we did not come from the healthcare world. Um, and so we had what we think is a great idea that has been proving out to be a great idea. Um, but doing something within the world that you came from is, uh, is a lot safer, faster, effective, um, because we, what we found is that, you know, we, we're adding sort of finance and tech together. Those are very fast moving markets. And we're used to that. Both my partner and I are used to like, you know, you have something to have to do and you do it and you're done and you move on to the next thing. Healthcare does not work nearly as fast. Um, yeah. as those two industries. And so um, that's been a, you know, a challenge for us and we didn't know coming in. So um, the process has been longer. It's going in the right, all been going in the right direction, but it definitely has been longer. Um, so know that sort of coming in the industry a little bit better. 
Yeah, so the persistence to kind of get keep going through all the bureaucracy and everything else that's part of those massive, massive, uh, slow-moving bureaucratic machines that healthcare is is just has to be so frustrating though for the two of you guys, eh? Yeah, I would say that that that's that's an appropriate description. <laughs> okay, so now we teased a little bit that the business that you have here, Adenex, is is a business poised to solve a massive, massive problem that is, you know, a trillion dollar plus uh, uh, problem for society that is costing us all these dollars and yet nobody's really addressing it very well. You guys are trying to address it. So why don't you tell me a little bit more in our audience what it is that Adenex is trying to solve? Sure. So, um, you know, what, what we saw was that same bottle as you get Tylenol. 1970s technology, you got a cap that, you know, a child cap, that's, that's all you have. Um, and we also saw that doctors way over prescribe. And that's, you know, that's not their fault. It's the fault that there's no data out there to let them know what's the right amount and how to prescribe differently to different people um, and different, different surgeries and the like. The guidelines are out there from the CDC and others are not based on actual usage data. They're based on, you know, experience and the like. Um, and so we, we want to fix that. The, uh, another issue is the amount of time that people have, their access to excess, all that excess um, does not get disposed of properly. And so uh, how do you get them out of the home? So all of those things wrapped up together is why we came up with a solution that literally starts from the prescription and goes all the way to disposal. And there is nothing out there that does that right now. And by the way, in a low cost. Uh, so we developed a dispensing system, that a dispenser that's uh, fully mechanical. There's no electronics in it. There's no even metal in it. Um, we got a patent on it. And so you can make that low cost. I think of it like a you know, McDonald's toy. It's inexpensive to make, right? Um, so you have the, the, the medication is, is filled in that dispenser. You get it at home, you go into the app, you give some, some basic information, you maybe answer some questions like, what's your pain level every time? Um, we actually have this in here that you could do that. And then if, if you say that your pain level is a certain level, based on the, doc, the doctor's recommendation, it will recommend for you to switch to an over-the-counter medication. So we can rip time. You go through that another dose. Well, if the inscription's one pill every four hours, you're not going to get more than that because you have to go back to the app to get a new dose every time uh, you want your next dose, a new code every time. So you go through that process. And then when you're done, you drop it into a mailer that we provide you. It's DEA approved. You drop it in the mailbox. Very simple to get it out of there. We did a study with Columbia University Medical Center that was published. We had patients use only 30% of their medication. Uh, they had two thirds fewer refills than, than other studies. And we had an 84% disposal rate versus under 10% in multiple other studies. Yeah, th those are massive results to uh, what is really a plague, um, for lack of a better term, that is impacting us, right? So, so kudos to you guys for developing such an innovative product. Now, has is that what you started with? Because when we talk about at the beginning there where, you know, you have to be flexible, you have to evolve. Uh, was that the idea right from the start or has it evolved into this? No, it's definitely evolved. So the, the initial idea was simply, you know, I went to my, my partner who's, uh, you know, a, a young um, technologist and I said, can we just make something that would, would limit your access based on your prescription? One dose every four hours, whatever that can be. And that's where we started. 
Um, and then as we were going through and doing this, we just more and more said, wow, like now we're collecting information. Every time they go in and request, we know that we can ask them questions. We can give them feedback real time. Uh, we can let doctors know. And then, wow, we can make this inexpensive. And if we make it inexpensive enough, we can make it easily disposed of. Um, so it really morphed into something much bigger than the initial idea. Hmm. Yeah, really exciting. And so now the to this point now, you started in 2017, so you're six years into it. Uh, what has been the biggest challenge that you guys have had to overcome besides obviously the development, the research and development and, and getting it refined to the, where you're at now? What has been the biggest business challenge? The number one challenge is clearly is reimbursement. So, I mean, part of that is for us to, you know, as not healthcare people, I mean, coming from the healthcare world, um, kind of weaving through that end of the world, uh, making the right connections, you know, getting the ability to even get in front of them to convince insurers and the like uh, to reimburse and, and the way our healthcare system works. So the, you know, as you mentioned before, it's over a bill, over a trillion dollar annual cost of society, 1.5 trillion was the last number. And that includes like the loss of lives and medical costs, incarceration, 85% of people who are incarcerated either uh, were arrested for drugs or um, were having uh, labor shortages. All these kinds of things have massive implications, but who's paying for the solution? Um, it's, a, it's a lot of you know, pointing fingers that somebody else should be paying for it. Um, so we're trying to weave through that. that that's been our biggest challenge. Um, we still have a, a, a lot to do in order to, to solve that. It's not that people haven't said that they can't do it. It's just finding the right avenue to get that get that started. Yeah. Now, you know, from a business perspective, that's also creates tremendous barriers to entry for a lot of potential competitive products as well, because it's a convoluted process to navigate through for anybody, which means it's costly. So do you see it that way that once you have navigated through that and, and get those, uh, you know, you've, you've worked out where that reimbursement place is going to be, you're off to the races or does this open up then the doors to more competitors and that is a challenge for you guys to to potentially overcome in the future as well then no i i think it's the former i mean we like i said we have a device that is patented that is low cost um it would be hard to replicate that product plus it is a you know it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge we could we could have made a simple app to try to collect the information the problem with that is engagement is very low like try to tell somebody Every time you take a dose, go into our app and then, you know, answer all these questions and, oh, don't forget to throw, you know, to, to dispose of the medication properly. And what are your side effects? Well, all these kinds of questions, people aren't going to do it. Um, I mean, I've seen it for many, many apps. And so but with our system, they don't really have an option. If you want your next dose, you know, you're going to get a question right in front of you. It's going to be a simple question, but you're going to get a question right in front of you. Easy to answer, um, easy to collect that data. Um, and yet the, the patent. Uh, barrier and the low cost barrier is, um, you know, it's pretty large. So, you know, we feel very confident that we'll, we'll yeah. control the market at that point. So now you're a guy who had uh, 25 years working on Wall Street, investment banker, you know, tons of experience in security, I presume, and, and obviously, you know, some pretty good compensation, I would imagine that you're stepping away from to start this business. A lot of people, I would imagine, would be looking at you going like, what are you thinking at this stage in your life, at this stage of your career? Why would you give all that up? What's the answer to that question? So a couple of things like one is I would say 
start earlier, you know, before, I mean, since I've started all this, I've put two and a half kids through college. I have one that's still going, um, you know, so that's, that's definitely, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the, the perfect time to do it, but, you know, I've, I, my whole life, I've always wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. I, I come from a family of all small business owners, uh, you know, not people who work for big companies and, and the like. And so I spent my whole career being a big company is always feeling a little bit of a fish out of water. Um, you know, it just happened to be sort of in my life. This is the way it went. And I, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more meaningful, a little bit more impactful. Um, and so, you know, no better time than the present, I guess, you know, also, you know, meeting Stan, my, my partner is, has a big difference, right? If I, you know, if it was 20 years ago, um, I didn't know him then and I've known him for 10 years now, but I wouldn't know him then. And I wouldn't know how to do anything on the technology side. Um, and as I, you know, yeah. say before you, you need to, um, you need to really understand the tech. If you want to do something in technology, you need to have somebody who really knows that, um, and just trying to hire external people doesn't really work that well. You need to have someone you trust that you know is really good at that. I didn't have that at that time. So as an investment banker, you would have been working probably with uh, fairly large uh, companies, I suspect. And so as you're starting you know, this startup, what, I guess, were you able to carry over in terms of the experience that you had working with those businesses, your understanding of that, uh, coupled with your MBA that you can apply into the startup, but also what maybe was difficult to kind of uh, transfer uh, into this smaller venture? Yeah, it's actually, it's it's not so transferable, honestly, from this standpoint. I mean, my MBA and, and understanding financials and accounting and operations and all that kind of stuff is, is, is applicable. But, you know, when you have a company, I, I generally work with companies that, um, you know, were, were already sort of on their way. They were already making money. They you know, had cap, positive cash flow when growth stage, even some, even the companies that didn't, they were there and they had to turn around and the like, and I have all the experience with those, but it's vastly different than starting something from scratch, you know, raising those first dollars. I've, I've, I've invested in over a billion dollars, multiple dozens and dozens of companies, um, in my career, but those companies are just much more advanced. You know, this is a whole other world, um, investing and putting the money toward, you know, it's something that's high risk, high reward. Um, you know, what I found is that, you know, you can, you, uh, it's rare to find someone like Mark Zuckerberg who could take an idea, build it, grow it, and turn it into a trillion dollar company and still be the same manager the whole time. Um, you know, where most companies, you'd need someone different in different stages because there's different skills, there's different strengths. Um, and because the company's different during those times. Mm -hmm. So what we're, what, what I have to focus on now is, is very different than, you know, most of the companies that I've dealt with um, in the past. Yeah, so I, I'm curious just to extend, I guess, what you were just saying there in terms of, you know, your different stages, different stages need diff have different needs of a business's life cycle. Um, at this stage in your business, what's easier now than what it was six years ago when you were starting or, or four years ago or three years ago? Yeah, I, I would say the thing that's, easier is, you know, we, we ran a study, we had excellent results and, and the study with, you know, a major institution like Columbia University Medical Center. Um, and that adds a lot of credibility. So once you have that, then it's easy to get the next people to say, all right, well, you know, it's published peer review journal, real major institution, 
And so we've had, you know, we're working on, a, we got a grant from the CDC. We're working with, you know, with a researcher from the Yale School of Medicine on a study where we've adapted it for addiction treatment. Uh, we have two other major institutions, one where very close to getting approval on doing a pilot study and another one where with early stage. And each of these institutions are, you know, Ivy League or equivalent institutions um, that are, you know, wanting to work with us. So, you know, it's whereas the beginning, just trying to have some some Wall Street guy and a tech guy convince people in the medical world that they should, you know, allow their patients who are in a lot of pain to use our use our system. Um, you know, that that's a challenge. Oh, and, and by the way, I mean, our devices are are literally 3D printed in, in the in the house of, of my CTO. These are not, you know, <laughs> um, but they work and they have we've proven that they work. Um, so it's yeah, I mean, time, time proves out, you know, and that makes it easier. So I, I'm also curious with all the businesses that you've, uh, you know, touched through your previous, you know, business life and, and then now, um, and the experience that you have with this business, what are the ingredients of a successful entrepreneur or a great entrepreneur? What does it take? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, you gotta be very flexible. Um, you gotta, you gotta be willing to like, you know, not make as much money as you could if you're, you know, had a very stable job, that's for sure. Um, but be flexible about, yeah. you know, you got to do a little bit of everything. So, you know, you're, you're doing sales and you're doing, you're, you're writing reports and you're, you're doing the accounting and, you know, you're working on the tech and you're, you know, you're running into issues and all those and you got to, you know, maneuver all the time. And so you have to kind of be a little bit of, be a little bit humble, um, yeah. on knowing that you don't know everything, but, but, uh, you know, you know, continue to plow through um, and know where you need to ask, you know, advice. I try to talk to as many people as possible because even if they don't seem like they're an exact fit for what we need, they generally will refer me to somebody who is. Um, so I've learned a lot. I mean, I, I tell people that I'm not a healthcare guy, but then they all turn around and say, yo, yes, you are. You've been doing this since 2017. You are a health person, healthcare person now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that kind of imposter syndrome that we're all struck by, right? At what point do you yeah. consider yourself to be in the healthcare? Yeah, yeah, yeah six yeah. years is, uh, is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I have I have learned a lot and I, I feel like I do actually know a lot at this point, but there's so much that you don't know. You know, if I compare yeah. that, that imposter syndrome thing, if I compare to my prior world, like, you know, I was doing it 25, 30 years. I mean, I know all the players I know, you know, I, I don't, I can do it in my sleep, you know, and so um, you go back and you sort of start again. <laughs> okay. So one of the questions that I really like to ask people are if you could send a letter back in time to your younger entrepreneur self. So, so 2017, you're about to start this business. What do you tell yourself? What are you putting in that letter? Um, I would say that um, for, from a personal perspective, you know, think about, you know, how long it will take. So we mm. happened to choose the healthcare world and didn't realize how long things would take. So it's not about, you know, do we have enough money? We're very frugal and I found ways to get grants on different things and, you know, we, we, we have our payroll taxes. We have a, you know, uh, we, we've been able to reduce our payroll taxes through some, some different things and all kinds of different ways to save money. Um, but the reality is that money stretch, you know, the longer you stretch out, the more you end up spending on things that if you could do it faster, you wouldn't need to. Um, and so I would say like be prepared, especially if you're in the healthcare side and maybe some others as well as it's going to take longer than you think. 
Like I, I did not expect it to to be at this stage. I, I expected to be at this stage, but I expected to be at this stage uh, a lot earlier. Um, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's just only so much I can control outside. You know. Yeah, you need to make so sure be, that so you have that runway, right? You need the yeah. runway in order to be able to do it. And this yeah. isn't something that's unique just to healthcare. I think ha- healthcare aggravates it even much more so. But yeah. that's a common thing that I hear from a lot of people where they'll say, you know, everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much as what I ever thought yeah, it was yeah. going yeah, but it's a business runway and it's a personal runway because the longer mm-hmm. you're taking, you know, you're not making a lot of money when you're when you're doing this. So, um, yeah. you know, even if the company has the money, if you know you if you're not taking in a good salary from doing it, and you're that's you know an opportunity cost from somewhere else. Um, so you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, one of the things too that I like to you know, ask some of our guests and that it's a tougher question. And that is, what is it about the entrepreneurial lifestyle that is so difficult or that you find difficult personally? And I would imagine, you know, like you just talked a little bit about on a personal side, having the personal runway and knowing that you're not going to be able to take the the, the money out, especially when you're in a higher earning, you, you know, profession before that. So beyond that, what else was difficult for you as you, you know, ventured into entrepreneurship? Um, I think one of the things that was difficult, although it's become more common, is um, sort of not going to an office every day. So we're, you know, we, we try to stretch our dollars. And um, and so we didn't get an office and hire up a bunch of people. And so, you know, that that that's there's a lot of advantages of being able to do that. But when you're this early and you're trying to save money. Um, yep you know, you're doing it remotely. We, well, this is kind of interesting for other entrepreneurs. So we hired um, some international consultants. They're full-time for us, but they're consultants um, on the tech side. And so we we are, you know, we were Zoom, doing Zoom and the like well before the pandemic, before anyone else was. Um, but it's a challenge because, you know, you hire people and we saw a lot of the, the issues that, you know, people are seeing now, which is, you know, you you hire somebody and they're at home and, you know, they have ways to kind of do some of the work and then they sort of fall off. We had some people who were great and then, you know, for a good six months or even a year and then suddenly, you know, find out that they have another job, you know, and you could see it because the work is falling off. And it's hard to manage that. Um, so that was kind of an interesting, that's been an interesting experience. Net, net, I think, you know, it's been, you know, I think we've done a good job of of getting a lot of value for how much we've invested uh, for doing that, but it definitely was a challenge that I think other companies are seeing now since the pandemic, but we saw, um, you know, we saw that earlier than others, others did. No, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I just have to say, Jay, I really appreciate you taking the time today and sharing your story, telling us a little bit about your business as well. I think what you guys have got there is, is just absolutely phenomenal and something that is going to help so many people. Um, we really up here in Canada, I know it's the same down in the States. Uh, it's just such a crisis right now when it comes to opioid addiction. And a lot of that is starting with the prescription drugs. And so if we can help alleviate some of that and make sure that it's being used responsibly and, and, and not being stockpiled and so on, there's a way for people to wean themselves off of it as quickly as possible. Like your app does, it's going to have a huge societal impact. And so, that has to be extra rewarding for you, knowing that that's what you're going to accomplish. 
yeah, I mean, that's that's why I'm in it. Like if I was doing something where it's just trying to make a buck and spending as much time, I, I, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Jay. If somebody wanted to connect with you to learn more about Adenex, more about yourself, um, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, they can go on the website um, to learn, but but they could also, you know, email, you know, if you email just broadly the company at info, I-N-F-O at adenextech.com, A-D-D-I-N-E-X-T-E-C-H.com. Excellent. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. And for those who are listening today, if you enjoyed this episode and want to check out other entrepreneur stories, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find the archive of all of our podcasts, as well as if you just prefer listening to the audio only, we're on all the major podcasting platforms. Just search Amplify Your Business there. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. 